0: Welcome to episode 10 of the Fasting Well podcast. Today I'm going to talk about something that's always kind of been a struggle for me, actually, and that's holiday feasting. The idea of taking a break from maybe the healthy way of eating and having some additional treats or just eating a lot more food. And I've always kind of struggled with this because of my tendency to be kind of addicted to sugar and if I have a little bit, I'll, I'll want to have a lot and that sort of thing. And so I'm going to share a few tips that I've gleaned from other people about what to do during the holidays, some things you can do that make it a little easier not to completely lose control. And I'm going to be right right along with you trying to put some of these tips in action as well. So first, it's probably worth mentioning that feasting is normal. It's, it's part of basically every culture. So there are times of feasting, and then there are times when we're not feasting, and some of those times when we're not feasting, we may want to be fasting. But feasting and fasting, so they're basically opposites. It's very normal to have times of feasting, and you don't need to feel guilty for participating in some way. And so perhaps maybe you and I need to adjust our expectations a little bit. And not expect to be perfect during any holiday period about avoiding any excessive eating or any sweets and treats and things like that. I mean, naturally, you can decide in advance how much you're going to participate and set some limits, but it's probably even better to use some hacks, some things that make it even easier for you. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So some of the tips that I'm going to share, I've picked up from Megan Ramos. Uh, Megan Ramos, if you don't know, she's Dr. Jason Fung's partner in crime. They've been working together for many years, treating patients to help them lose weight or reverse diabetes or make other health improvements, and so they've had a ton of success, and they often use fasting as one of their main tools, and she's actually coming on this podcast in December, so you can look forward to that as well. So what I'm going to cover today is five tips to help you and to help me, as I mentioned, try to limit the damage, so to speak, to be able to enjoy the feasting of the holidays without completely losing control and to sort of limit some of the damage from unhealthy or overprocessed foods that may be present at some of these feasting occasions. So this week is Thanksgiving in the United States. If you live in a different country, well, Christmas is coming up before long, and obviously there are other times when you would be feasting that you can kind of apply some of this information. And at the very end of this podcast, I'll share a few tips about what to do after a feast to kind of get back on track. But I won't go super in-depth with that because I'll probably talk more about it on a different occasion as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the actual actionable tips. So tip number one is don't show up hungry. So in other words, if you're going to a party or a dinner party or, an, or Thanksgiving dinner, whatever it is, you don't necessarily need to show up completely hungry. And you don't need to show up completely full either, but what you could do is you could eat something that's fatty, that has a lot of fat in it, like bacon or an avocado, or a spoonful of coconut oil. And if you do that one or two hours before you show up, then you, you won't crave carbs nearly as much. And that's basically because of the satiety hormones. So anytime you consume fat, You're stimulating certain satiety hormones, there are several of them, that cause you to feel more satisfied, more satiated. And so whenever you do that, it kind of limits your cravings for other things and makes it easier for you not to eat quite as much or not to eat quite as much of the junk food or processed food that might be present at this feast or this holiday party. So that's tip number one, is do something beforehand so you're not as hungry or having as many cravings. Have a spoonful of coconut oil, eat a few pieces of bacon, or eat half of an avocado. Tip number two, volunteer to bring a low-carb appetizer or side dish, or I'll add a dessert as well, potentially. So this is kind of a scenario where you're showing up and maybe you're not the one Cooking most of the food. So, if that's the case, you could volunteer to bring something that's kind of a good appetizer, that is high in fat, maybe high in protein, that is low in carbs, and will induce some satiety as well, just like the fatty food that you could eat before the meal. And by doing that, you won't be as hungry for some of the other things that might be more fattening, like the high carb foods that are present at the feast. So, a few examples of things you could bring would include a meat and cheese tray, a vegetable tray, guacamole, maybe without the chips. You know, something I've done before with guacamole, if I didn't want to eat a bunch of chips, is I cut up bell peppers into a shape that's pretty easy for dipping, and you can use the bell peppers, and then it's not as bad as as eating a bunch of chips. Another one would be bacon and Brussels sprouts. I've never cooked that myself, but uh, I guess that's an option. Another little hack that uh, Megan Ramos mentioned in one of her blog posts that's very related to this is if you're showing up for for a meal and you don't know kind of what they're going to serve, one thing you could bring with you is a little bit of olive oil, a a small bottle of olive oil in, in your bag, and that's something that you could add to things like vegetables or turkey on Thanksgiving potentially. To make them, well, a little more savory, but also a little more satisfying and a little more prone to stimulating satiety to keep you full longer so you won't crave as many desserts and sweets and things like that. All right, moving on to tip number three. So, if you are going to be cooking all day, eat a fatty breakfast or brunch. So, I've never had this experience because I've never taken the time and effort to make a whole Thanksgiving feast. But I know that when people do that, sometimes they're tempted to snack on the foods. Just take a little snitch of this and that and just a little bit of, you know, a few sweet potatoes, a little bit of stuffing and just little bites of this and that throughout the whole process. And by the end of it, they've basically had a whole meal. Um and a lot of it is probably some of the high carb foods like the stuffing and sweet potatoes that I mentioned. So if you're going to be the one cooking all day, if you're starting early in the morning or maybe even even the day before, um the day before Thanksgiving, for example, then consider having a fatty breakfast or brunch something like eggs and uh, <laughs> eggs and bacon or including an avocado with it or again i mentioned adding some having a spoonful of coconut oil or adding some olive oil to whatever it is anything that's fatty without having a lot of carbs is a pretty good option for this and if you do that you simply won't be as hungry won't be as tempted to snack on things and to take little snitches of this and that while you're cooking Okay, tip number four is to drink a lot of water before, during, and after your feast. So water helps because it kind of fills up your stomach a little bit. And also because when you're eating a lot of foods, especially a lot of foods that are high in carbs or or really salty, then of course you're going to get thirsty. And sometimes people get confused when they're thirsty and think that they're actually hungry. So the water just kind of helps balance things out. It helps stretch out your stomach a little bit. And it just helps you feel a little better. So drink a tall glass of water about an hour before a big meal and then drink another tall glass of water a few minutes after the meal. Staying hydrated just will help you feel better and more in control of your cravings in general. So that was tip number four, to drink a lot of water before, during, and after your feast. I think a lot of people neglect that. Some people are really good at that, at drinking lots of water. You know, they have their huge water bottles that they're working on all day. But I know a lot of people who are really bad about drinking water. So make a point of drinking some extra water before, during, and after your feasting. Tip number five, go on a walk after your meal or do some other physical movement. So this is not so much a biological hack to help you control your cravings, even though I think it will help a little bit. This is more about controlling your blood sugar and controlling, kind of mitigating the damage from some of the foods that we eat. So, when you eat something that's high in carbs, high in sugar, of course, it's gonna cause a rise in your blood sugar, your blood glucose level. And sometimes pretty dramatically, like if you have a sugary dessert, you can have a really big, rapid increase in your blood sugar level from, say, the normal level below 100 up to almost 200. Or if you're diabetic, it might go significantly higher than that after eating sugary foods. But one thing that's really powerful is any type of physical activity even just a little bit, even just going on a short walk, can dramatically help smooth out your blood sugar levels. And that's because when you do any exercise, any physical movement, it increases the number of transporters in your muscles, these little transporters where glucose can go into your muscles. So there's actually a huge increase. It's something like, it might even be 50-fold in the number of these glucose transporters in your muscles just from doing a little bit of exercise. I can't remember the exact number, but it's way more than double. It's like, you know, kind of exponential practically. So doing a little bit of exercise helps smooth out your blood sugar level, and it'll also probably help you feel less inclined to just binge on tons of sweets than if you're just laying on the couch afterwards or something like that. So those were the five tips. And I'm going to give you a bonus tip, because this is such an important mindset thing, and it's something I struggle with as well. And this is to avoid the all or nothing mindset. So the all or nothing mindset is basically, if I'm eating healthy, I'm eating healthy, and I'm going to avoid all the unhealthy things. And that's, that's good sometimes, right? That's a good, good to be consistent with healthy eating. But then the converse is that if you eat one unhealthy thing, if you have one treat, one cookie one roll on Thanksgiving, then all of a sudden you've got carte blanche and you're gonna go hog wild. Because if you had a little bit, you may as well have a lot. And you may as go may as well just do as much damage as you can today and then just get back on track tomorrow. So that's a pretty I guess unhealthy mindset, but honestly that's often my mindset. (laughs) So so I think a better approach is to think of it as I'm going to be feasting I'm going to be having some unhealthy foods, but also some reasonably healthy foods as part of this feast. Um, Maybe try to focus a little more on eating the homemade things as opposed to the store bought things and so forth. But trying to get out of the all or nothing mindset makes it a little easier to say no to some of the mediocre treats, especially like store bought cookies, for example. When have store bought cookies ever been that great? Okay, once in a while, but mostly they're just really not that good. (laughs) <laughs> but that's one of those things where if you have that all or nothing mindset and you're like, oh, I had a little bit, I may as well keep going, then you might just go through that whole carton of cookies as opposed to being like, these aren't even that good. Let me save, save some of this um, hunger or enjoyment for something that's actually better. So I know that's a little bit of a convoluted way to explain it, but basically you don't want to be in the all or nothing mindset and thinking, well, I had a little unhealthy food, so I'm going to have 10 pieces of pie and eat a whole carton of cookies and all that. But rather kind of just paying attention to your experience, enjoying the feast, going until you feel full, pay attention to, to your fullness signals, and maybe a little beyond because, heck, it's Thanksgiving, but not thinking, oh, this is the day when I just am going to eat sugary foods until I drop just because I can kind of thing. So I know that was a little, a little uh, all over the place, but hopefully that kind of made sense. Maybe you can relate to that a little bit. So now that I've shared five tips about how to mitigate some of the damage from excessive processed foods or other junk that's present at feasts, I want to talk just a little bit, just briefly, kind of a high-level summary about what to do after a feast or after overindulging, especially if you've had an excessive amount, what we might consider an excessive amount in general of sugary treats or processed carbs, which, as I have mentioned in a previous episode, are similar to each other in that they both turn into sugar in your bloodstream very quickly. For example, a roll, which is white bread most of the time, or a piece of pie, which is very high in sugar and flour both. The sugar and the flour both turn into glucose in your bloodstream pretty quickly, so they're basically the same thing in your body. So anyway, if you've overindulged in that kind of food, which again is normal, you can reset your expectations and not expect to be perfect, it's okay to have some of those kind of things, depending on your health and other variables. You know, if you're completely out of control with your blood sugar, then you probably should be more careful about it. But, <laughs> but in general, if you've had some of those things around the holidays, and now you want to get back on track, sometimes it's hard at first. So here are a few tips for what to do afterwards. So first of all, a little bit about mindset. So again, as I've mentioned earlier, go easy on yourself. If you're really hard on yourself and you're feeling really guilty and you're hitting your back with a whip, I, I'm, I'm kidding about that. But if you're doing all those things, it doesn't help. It doesn't make it easier. It almost makes you more want to go indulge again just to kind of drown your sorrows again. So go easy on yourself. Be reasonable. Be realistic. Next, hydrate. Hydrate. Drink a lot of water, just like it helps before, during, and after your meal. It also helps the next day and beyond to stay well hydrated. It's going to help with cravings. It's going to help smooth out your energy levels and lots of other things like that. Also, do a little bit of exercise the day after. Just like exercise helps smooth out your blood sugar right after a meal or an, an indulgence, it also helps a lot the day after because you have all this sugar stored inside your muscles. So if you have all the sugar inside your muscles, it's called glycogen, by the way, and glycogen is chains of glucose, then when you do any physical activity, even a light physical activity like walking or doing a few weightless squats, you'll use up some of that glycogen. And then next time you consume anything that has any carbohydrates in it, there will be a place for the sugar to go, since those carbs will break down into sugar there'll be a place for the sugar to go in your muscles. So you're making some room in the in for the incoming carbohydrates. So that's a helpful thing to do after a feast and kind of helps prevent you from having excessively high blood sugar levels or big spikes in blood sugar on the day after all the feasting. Now, beyond just going easy on yourself, hydrating and doing some exercise, what can you do food-wise or nutrition-wise to kind of get back on track? Well, I, th- I guess it depends a little bit. So if you've just had a few treats and you don't feel completely out of control, basically what you can do is just do a little bit of fasting. So skip breakfast or delay breakfast for a few hours and shorten your eating window the next day after this feasting or after the holiday is over, (laughs) whenever you feel like you're trying to get back on track and just shorten your eating window and have a really satisfying high-fat, high-protein kind of meal when you do eat. But shorten that eating window somewhat, and you'll give your body a longer opportunity to use up some of the stored sugar, not only, not only in your muscles, but also in your liver, because your liver stores some glycogen as well, some chains of glucose or sugar, and that it's using that to gradually sustain your blood sugar level. But it takes about 12 hours or maybe even up to 24 hours, depending on what you ate and everything, to use up that glycogen in your liver. So if you eat right away, you're, you're not giving your body a chance to, to use up some of that stored glycogen. So if you've just eaten a few treats and, and you don't really feel out of control, just do some time-restricted eating and do a little bit of fasting. However, if you feel like you've gone completely off the rails and you're having a hard time regaining control, here are a couple other ideas. You could just focus on meal timing and avoiding snacks, as I talked about in episode 4. In episode 4, I talked about avoiding snacks as being the first step towards fasting. But if you focus on meal timing, having a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or just two meals if that's what you're into, and you have really satisfying meals and just cut out the snacks in between, drink some extra water in between or some tea or coffee, as well as broth or pickle juice, those are a couple other good options to get some vinegar and some salt in your system, which kind of helps control cravings and smooths out blood sugar levels as well. And just focus on having those three satisfying meals and not really eating anything in between. And pretty soon you'll probably feel more back in control. If you feel completely out of control and and even the three meals without the snacks in between just isn't doing it for you, here's what you can do. You can try what's called fat fasting. Fat fasting means basically just eating really fatty stuff. So an easy way to do this is you pick four foods, such as eggs, bacon, avocados, and olives, and you just eat those type of foods. And you can add as much salt as you want, but you're not adding like a bunch of other condiments or anything. So you just eat those as much as you want, any time during the day. Eat until you're full at any time with those foods. And you might eat a lot the first day, the second day. But within a couple of days, you'll probably feel back in control and be able to get back into some normal to a, to a normal routine with your eating and your fasting and kind of just be back on track. Okay, so that was kind of a lot. So let me summarize and just kind of recap. So first I talked about how it's pretty normal to feast during the holidays, and I struggle with this in terms of the all-or-nothing syndrome, thinking, okay, now that I'm eating unhealthy, i got to eat endless amounts of it and craving all these sugary treats and things like that. But go easy on yourself because it is pretty normal to do some feasting during the holidays. Don't expect to be perfect. If you expect to be perfect, you'll just be disappointed. So may as well moderate your expectations a little bit. But the five tips to kind of help with mitigating some of the damage are, number one, don't show up hungry. Eat something fatty an hour or two beforehand, like an avocado or some bacon or some coconut oil. The fat and protein will stimulate satiety hormones, so you won't be as prone to going way overboard with sweets and treats or just eating way too much in general. Tip number two, volunteer to bring a low-carb appetizer or side dish. So something like a meat and cheese tray or a veggie tray or guacamole because that'll give you an opportunity to eat something that doesn't spike your blood sugar so much and that does stimulate more satiety and that'll also help some of the other people at the party or the dinner as well. Tip number three, if you're cooking all day, eat a fatty breakfast or lunch beforehand, whether that's eggs and bacon, something with avocado, anything you can do to get some extra healthy fats, or reasonably healthy fats, will help keep you satisfied and make it so you don't have as many cravings or feel as tempted to take little samples of the stuff you're cooking throughout the day. Tip number four was to drink a lot of water before, during, and after your feast. It helps control some of the hunger or cravings, kind of helps with your energy levels, and I think you'll just feel better in general if you do that. Tip number five was to do a little bit of physical activity after you eat whatever it is you're eating. So going on a walk is a really easy way to do that, or you could just do any kind of movement in your house or wherever, and really anything, anything helps. It'll help smooth out your blood sugar level, and it'll probably help you not have as many cravings for sweets as well. The last tip, which is kind of a bonus tip because I already did five, is to avoid the all-or-nothing mindset. Try not to have that all-or-nothing mindset. Try to just have the mindset of, okay, yes, I'm going to participate in this, but that doesn't mean I have to go all the way to just eat until I'm sick or eat as many sugary treats as possible. And if you can kind of get out of that all-or-nothing mindset, it'll be easier for you to say no to some of the mediocre treats and just focus on it really enjoying the things that you do eat. So after I shared those five tips, I talked about what you can do after overindulging or after a cheat day or binge eating and and I also wrote a blog post about that by the way, so I'll put that in the show notes. It goes into a little more detail and also shares a few personal experiences. But here's what you would basically do. Go easy on yourself, hydrate, do a little bit of physical movement, do a little bit of exercise. And then either just do some time-restricted eating if you feel kind of in control enough to do that, or if you feel kind of out of control, focus on having three satisfying meals and avoiding snacks in between for the next few days. Or if you're really, really out of control, try the fat fasting. Try having just the eggs, bacon, avocado, and olives, just as much as you want until you feel kind of back in control, which might take a couple days. So here's what I want you to do, and here's what I'm going to try to do as well. Pick at least one of those tips that I mentioned and think about how you can put that into action this Thanksgiving or whenever you're listening to this, the next time that you go to a feast and try it out. See how it works for you. But even if you just do one of those things, it'll probably make a pretty significant difference and allow you to have a little more enjoyable experience without feeling as out of control with the, with the feasting and all the, the treats that are there. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. I hope it helps. And of course, you can come back and listen to this anytime you're getting ready to do some feasting, whether it's the holidays or a birthday or whatever it is, and maybe put some of these same tips into practice. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Fasting Well Podcast. The Fasting Well Podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.